Welcome to this week's episode of Safe Room, Blade Disgusting's horror video game podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger. And I'm the other one, Neil Bolt. And as it's the beginning of the month, that means it's time for Horror Bites, our monthly segment in which Neil, a guest, and myself each highlight bite-sized indie titles that can typically be completed in less than an hour. A slight change to our normal format, as our guest this week had a slight time constraint, so we're only covering their four picks for the month of November. But have no fear as our guest's insight and Neil and my usual rambling made for what we think to be as informative and hopefully entertaining as usual. But before we introduce our guest, a reminder that while some of these titles we'll be discussing may be free, we believe it's important to support the developers' hard work. So if you can, please support them through their Itch.io, Steam, or Patreon pages. Now that the housekeeping's out of the way, it's time to welcome returning friend of the show, Mr. Chris White. Chris, welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. Happy uh, happy to be here. Thanks for uh, coming back after I spent so long last episode uh, just just raving about Dead Rising. Um, I promise <laughs> I'll limit it to like four mentions of Frank West, and that's it for this this episode. No, no more. Absolutely. that, And that's one of my four. One of our very early guests that uh, it's been too long, like we were saying before we started recording, it's been too long since we had you back, but... Uh, I think based upon the picks that uh, you sent us this month for Horror Bites, we picked a, a perfect guest to have back for uh, this indie segment. So we're delighted to have you, and we can't wait to dive into some of uh, the picks that you picked for us. Looking forward to it. So I will uh, give you the honor of uh, picking the first title that we will chat about for this month. Uh, excellent. You are you are too kind. Um, okay, so I'm going to start of my four. Um, I tried to pick a, a sort of a, a variety of, of games and play styles. Uh, but I, I really gravitate towards those sort of first-person horror, um, full of jump scares, a little bit weird sometimes. Um, and and the first one actually kind of embodies a lot of that really well. Uh, so it's Anthology of Fear by uh, Piotr Reisabel. Rickabel, sorry, I, I apologise profusely uh, to the dev there. Um, so uh, if anyone hasn't hasn't played it, you. Uh, it's a, a one-man investigation. Um, you're kind of walking through these narrow streets and slowly uh, exploring your way through buildings and and rooms, uh, all with different themes that relate to uh, this past trauma you've had. Um, and there's a, a light puzzle element to each of the rooms and the kind of the corridors you're going down. And as you're progressing through, you're 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 learning some new mechanics uh, and you're getting your jump scare here or there. Um, so it's it's uh it's everything that you kind of want if you're you're coming to this looking for a, a supernatural or horror game with jump elements and and stuff but what really stood out was was really really strong atmospherics um really really uh really strong sound design uh sets the scene very early um if anyone has a problem with uh, mannequins um they they used to they used the great effect here right i'll never go into a Devonham store again um there's also there's other really really clever bits like there's a mystery about your daughter uh and you know kind of what happened um to that uh sort of parental advisory thing there if you're 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 not great with kids in peril um beware but um it's the little bits that really got me and and really just set a wonderful atmosphere i said what terrifying atmosphere um like there are there are kids drawings on the walls and the eyes follow you and they like they blink randomly in a few other little bits and they just slightly move out the corner of your eye um it's 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 clever it's it's well done um it's not terribly long um it's quite short but the production values on it were really really high of all the uh four games i looked at this one is the the one with um uh, a, a 
sort of a, a full publishing agreement on the table. So um, the dev has got the game coming out on uh, January 20th next year, 2023, uh, and it's being pushed up by Ultimate Games, uh, who, who do quite a, a broad catalogue of, of stuff. Um, so it's, you know, those production values, you can see that it's attracted a publisher, there's a deal on the table, um, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, when this, this demo um, goes into a full game, I think people are gonna. I think people are gonna really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, I have. I have nothing but good things to say about it. It's. Um, it can be a little, um, not confusing. There's very little hand holding in it. Um, so you'll sort of have to. You might find yourself wandering back and forth, um, and a little unsure at points. The, the sort of the contextual, um, signposting is is not really there. So you have to. You have to want it, right? You have to explore, but. Um, uh, over yeah you know some of these games hold your hand quite well and guide you and some of them are a little little bit more um independent uh, uh thankfully this doesn't step over the line into um obtuse uh and just and just become really difficult but i, I was really i was really impressed and the jump scares aren't cheap um they're, they're really well done so you know hats off to hats off to um the dev uh when this comes out next january um, I think everyone should give it a look on on Steam. Uh, I think it's 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 going to be it's going to be quite interesting. I don't know. I assume that what we played in the demo is the very start of it, but um, yeah, I, it, they, they've done some interesting things, and I, I like it. I think it's it's got, it's like I said, really really good atmospherics, really good sound design, um, and it's yeah, it stayed with me. Some of the jump scares, some of the moments. Neil, how did you feel about Anthology of Fear? Yeah. I- it's hard not to sort of mirror what Chris is saying on a lot of that. Um, I think what's promising about this is with that title, maybe this is just, you know, one of many different stories we're going to get in this. And this is just, you know, pretty much the taster for it. Um, and, you know, that's a good, strong way to sort of show off what you can do and probably responsible for them getting such a deal in the first place. Um, the thing I definitely like to bring up beyond the mannequins, which, you know, I think is, done a lot but always seems to be quite effective if you, you know what you're doing with them yeah it's the, it's the uncanny valley of you know humanoid shapes that shouldn't be moving but are moving and yeah they really do sort of pull that off nicely here but the sound design is just exquisite yeah there were, there were times where i had to do the old pull the earphone out and was that in the game or was that out there it's like sort of thing and it's um it's a thump at one point where i was sure it was outside but then it sort of gave me this dread feel the minute I realised, oh no, that was here. Like that. And I just, I love the staginess of that beginning bit, you know, where you're wandering those streets and they don't quite feel right or real compared to the rest of the game, you know, where you're indoors more. And yeah, something about it felt a bit off in a good way, I might add. And I really sort of like that strangeness of it straight away it really did just sort of unnerve you and then you get the mannequins in that as well but yeah then having the story told through this building that seems to be doing different things and weird things it's um very much the <laughs> the crack house version of layers of fear in a way you know where it's just um a very dilapidated building that was never nice was never anything other than a skanky old building and somehow some condemned vibes yeah it's a bit condemned in there isn't there it's um which, which yeah, is good yeah, yeah, yeah that's good, good. so condemned by way of layers of fear brilliant that's a great idea so yeah as a nice opening salvo for what they're doing i'm really impressed with that 
Yeah. I'm a sucker for these types of first person little slices where you're kind of investigating these spaces that feel very lived in, right? And I think that the best sign of one that's promising in the sense that, you know, of course, as Chris mentioned, this has a, a deal in place and like the full product is coming out in January. But, you know, a lot of the time when you play something that's similar to this in an approach or design and it's overly reliant on jump scares, I never see much growth from whatever the brief slice is just because it's so focused on like inundating you with jump scares within, you know, a 15 minute period or something. Whereas this, it's much more concerned with, you know, crafting atmosphere, has that stellar sound design. And I could see real growth in this. And I'm a fan of, you know, the quality of a jump scare versus the quantity. And one of them in this got me in a way that so few of these types of experiences do, where it just completely caught me off guard to the point where I kind of just like had to go turn the lights on, finish the demo before I freaked out. Um, But I also, you know, something like the use of the mannequins, which is something that we've seen in a lot of these types of experiences at the same time, they went the I am legend route almost with it, where it's like you turn around and one of them is directly behind you or it starts moving whenever you kind of break eye contact with it rather than have one come to life in your face or something Mm. like that. So I'm a fan of sort of the restraint that there was in this demo with the terms of the scares, but the production value as a whole like blew me away. And yeah, the anthology nature of it, I think is really interesting and just the variety of storytelling that uh, that could you know introduce later down the road was uh, very promising. And I think it was a great start uh, to the month. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just sort of to say about, you know, the ambiguity of it all. Um, yeah. It does seem to have been a month for it. There were a few games that had, quite a lot of ambiguity in them in our picks and this is definitely one of the better ones at sort of balancing things out you know to figure it out for yourself and giving you those little breadcrumb clues you know you have to look really look to see what you're doing but you know the clues are there which is always important sometimes you can be ambiguous to a fault and that will probably come up with some other stuff we got but yeah this was just about the right balance I think also the environments being indicative of um, the player's past, which they're going to dig up, doesn't make it as laborious when, you know, you miss initially where you're supposed to go because chances are, especially in that later portion, when it gets even more specifically tied to the player's past, that exploration can sometimes, you know, give you little clues or an indication perhaps of what happened previously. Um, So I think just making the environments interesting more than just like, oh, this looks pretty or this has an interesting layout right i think that tying it to the player doesn't make it or tying it to the storytelling element doesn't make it as much of a problem for me if i have to you know backtrack a little bit to kind of find myself down the right path um whereas if it was just bad design and i'm kind of just wandering around and kind of bored then that becomes an issue especially in this you know 10 15 minute slice yeah i think i when i was playing it and exploring i i got quite wrapped up in um I got quite wrapped up in the story and understanding it. So I was, I think I was focusing a lot on the story rather than the, Oh, look, pick up these blocks or click this switch or open this door. Right. So I, I, yeah, I think that's probably why I end up doing a lot of my backtracking because I was really quite invested in the mystery of what is going on, what has happened. Why am I where I am? Why do I feel this guilt? Um, you know, why am I this sort of tortured soul? Um, and, and why am I going through this experience? So, um, I, yeah, I will say there were a few bits where I had to backtrack, but um, I think it's it, it's it's not a, a failing on the devs' part. That I think it's um, it's it's more because I got wrapped up in the atmosphere, uh, and I also got quite freaked out at one at one point, uh, as as, <laughs> as, as, Jay, as Jay mentioned. It did uh, it got me. I won't lie, it got me. It got me good. Yeah. 
again, a smart deployment of a jump scare that, you know, is able to sidestep a lot of the uh, maybe lackluster ones that we've seen uh, countless times before. But yeah, I think that this was a really great starting point for the month and uh, has set that bar quite high. And it's great to hear that we're going to be able to get our hands on the uh, the final final uh, product not too long. I hope it goes well for them. You know, you don't see this uh, a lot. Um, uh, games of this size getting picked up by 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 quite a sizable publisher. Uh, you know, by by a decent um, mid tier publisher who's who's put out a broad range of of stuff. Um, it's it's quite common for for stuff like this, even with good production values, to sometimes get lost on on sites like Itch and and that they end up going it alone. But there was there's clearly enough that someone at some point put a pitch deck together and and it, it grabbed someone. Mm. And uh, I. You know, I think I I hope it does well. I really hope. You know, they don't have long, um, and it's going to be a crowded January, really <laughs> crowded January, uh, and a crowded Q1. But I really hope it does well. So, Chris, why don't you introduce the next pick uh, that you have for us this month? Yeah. Uh, so my second one, um, I was really really impressed by. Um, none of these I've I've sort of put into order. Um, I am going to end with my absolute favorite one out of the four. Uh, but the second I was. Uh, I was really, really impressed with. So it's called Suffer the Night by uh, Tainted Pact, uh, Tainted Pact mm. Games. Um, the the dev has has kind of made a few of these um, similar in some respects. You know, lots of uh, first person horror stuff. Um, but but specifically Suffer the Night, uh, I was really, really impressed by. Um, if you've ever watched uh, any sort of horror film of the '90s, you will be right at home. It's it's the the, the single girl alone at home, the phone rings, something scary happens. Um, so you instantly puts it into context, and and I'm sitting there and I'm playing it, and I'm like, okay, this this feels like a lot of the films I've seen, a lot of games I've played, uh, and it, it's kind of a, a trope. And you think, okay, where's what really? What's it going to do with this? And, and and what it does is is incredibly smart. So it has you wandering around the house doing everything from cooking eggs and coffee, uh, making yourself a snack to, to trying to, uh, refill generators, uh, in a, in a blackout. And, and then the doorbell goes and there is a, a, Oh God, he's, he's, he's quite horrific to look at. Very unnerving. Um, just the guy at the door. And from that moment when he knocks on the door and you can see him, your, your front door is a big glass around. You kind of walk up to this door and you're like, I can see something around that. What's and you look, and there's just this black figure with this death white face. Uh, and from that moment, that that sets the tone. These, these horrible eyes. Um, and and from there, it's a, a really good game of cat and mouse that has you jumping between the first person light puzzle stuff uh, and the kind of house exploration bits to uh, also playing a text adventure game. So if anyone has uh, grown up playing text adventure games, um, and I'll, I'll admit this is, this was my first. Um, so it was sort of a new experience for me, uh, but it's, it's really, really nice. It, it, it has this quite grim and macabre story uh, in the text adventure game, which I, which I really enjoyed. And there's a, a constant battle to keep progressing through that story, which then will keep you alive as the, this sort of ghoulish figure um, forces you to play the game. And you have to, not to sort of reduce it, but if you played Freddy, Five Nights at mm-hmm. Freddy or any of those sorts of games, it's about what are you looking at? What are you not looking at? How do you keep the bad guy away? Um, so you have to, it's very unnerving. The second you sit down on the computer, the controls tell you that you can look yeah. behind you. So you go, 
oh dear god i'm gonna have to keep looking behind me every four seconds yeah. and i found myself doing it as soon as i sat down i was like this means trouble um i you know it it, it was really really good um the uh the, the i had some controls some control issues just just getting things like grabbing the door and opening and, and the way you sort of got to pick up the items i i found that admittedly yeah. a little bit uh, uh irritating a little bit frustrating at points um but you know the audio was great it has full vo which is 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 you know for a, for a game of this size uh, and a team size is is good and it was well acted um but it was it was very very good very paranoia inducing um it was a good length as well um i died a lot <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know uh it took me a few times before i understood the five nights sort of thing of looking behind you and getting up and what the audio around the house uh, uh means you know and what it indicates that we have to do but once i had that down it was it was a battle to stay alive and um i i really enjoyed it it was uh it was very clever um it was um challenging but not punishing mm. so i died i died a fair few times um and you know when it comes out in december uh this this december so it's, uh, it hasn't got an exact date yet uh so when it comes out this december um i i will be there i will uh i will i will jump on that um i am really looking forward to it i think the dev has done a, a great job um if, like i said a few minor niggles in terms of the controls and a few uh bits and pieces um and i had one or two small glitches um but but really overall um i was i was really mm. impressed throughout i think this was another one that is distinctive right from the jump because of the not only production value but the level of detail in the house and you know a, mm. you really get a sense of like that protagonist's personality within the first few steps in that bedroom right and you get to kind of look around the room you get to interact with a few things and then even when you're going through the house you get a sense of sort of their background which you know granted it's a bite-sized thing and there's not a great deal of uh you know uh story to go along with it other than what you kind of laid out it's nice just to see a world that's reflective of the person whose shoes were being dropped in. And a little element that I think actually goes a long way in kind of uh, establishing that or instilling the player to like, you're going to interact with this environment in a way that kind of is uh, informative, not only of the layout of the house, but as it pertains to the character uh, in that you don't get that sprint for, uh, I don't know, a good 10 minutes into the experience. You actually have to like walk through the house, kind of soak in the environment mm. a little bit. And then when it comes time to, you know, the intensity of the villain being introduced and a little more urgency, uh, as typically happens when someone tries to break into your home, uh, you can then sprint around the house and everything to the different areas that you've now, you know, had a familiar sort of uh, 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 hand-holding sort of through, I suppose. Mm. Um, I also really liked the blending of the text adventure with, you know, the general, again, urgency mm. of trying to board up windows or trying to get the power back on. Um, even if the villain themselves uh, kind of sounds like a light version of Mark Hamill doing the Joker, uh, as Chris said, he is properly terrifying to look at. And also, again, talking about the production value um, in those moments where they're kind of like playing this cat and mouse game with you, where they're stalking the perimeter of the house. And the fact that if you follow their line of where they're walking outside, they don't just disappear, right? They, you can still see them kind of slowly making their way, which if it was a game that didn't have as good of a production value, that would have been the type of thing where I was like, oh yeah, they're going to disappear and they'll reappear some other time. Just knowing that I could follow them around the house while they're kind of stalking me, yeah. that adds an extra layer of uh, intensity for me that I definitely appreciated. And uh, 
as Chris said, he's not well-versed in text adventures. This is like my third, uh, just because Neil had me play two previously this year for Horror Bites. Uh, but I really liked the, not only production value, but the fact that it gave the player like three or four options, I think, with what you could, you know, type in or respond or this and that, um, instead of just, you know, trying to scramble and find the one keyword to kind of progress that. It was nice to kind of have this story in the game, have it relate to the current situation you're in, but also giving the player a little bit more options in terms of like how they're going to explore that game within a game. Uh, Neil, how did this one work for you? Yeah, so I will definitely go a bit more into the other side of it, where, you know, all things said, as a Five Nights of Freddy sort of take, you know, as, as we're saying, it's refreshing to see one that isn't literally just a clone, you know, that sort of idea in this way. I mean, you go on itch on any given day, there are about 10 different parody versions of Five Nights of Freddy. It's new that day still. So um, having something that uses that only as a part of a wider storytelling thing, which, you know, even that series has gone on to do with, um, you know, Security Breach, is refreshing. So the thing I want to focus on more is the house you know, itself. And, you know, that you know that initial bedroom thing. I love that bedroom. God, I'd love a bedroom like that. Um, but it's like, and I think it was just because of the rain and the thunder. And, you know, I was, it felt almost therapeutic to be staring out the window at the storm, you know, which... You know, if you're trying to capture something very real, you know, straight away and to capture a feeling of being in a place, that for me was straight, got me straight into it because I was like, oh, yeah, I really feel comfortable here for a minute. But then you go out into the wider house and, you know, I was worried it was just going to be another sort of home invasion in tight spaces game. We've played a few of those on Horror Bites over the year. And, yeah. <laughs> and, but the fact that the house is so huge, it, it feels intimidating because there's so much space and you can't see everything. So just little pockets of darkness here and there, yeah, enough to leave you with, well, I've got all this space, but something could step out into the space I can see. And that's almost worse than being pitch black. Because it's like, no. you feel like you're in this little safety bubble, but it's not really safe. It just, there's areas that are, can hide something and that's crazy for you. Um, for that house design. Did you walk around with a flashlight on? As soon as you got the flashlight, yeah. did you keep it on the whole way? Because I'll admit, yeah. I kept the flashlight on for yeah. the whole time. Yep. But hesitancy <laughs> comes from that, you know, where you are just, oh, well, if I do, what am I going to see? You know, like, the, and you almost don't want it. But, um, even like that initial going downstairs to make breakfast and whatever, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, I know that. I know what this normally does. I know, know normally what happens here. And I don't know if I really want to now, but sort of thing, which is great. The, the house being so big, you know, was the interesting part, I think, as I said. If you ever played The Sims and built a house in The Sims, but you build the rooms too big, you know, and everything's just slightly off in, every, in where you go. So it's like, well, this seems too big for a bathroom for one person to be staying in, or this bedroom seems far too big, you know, like that. And why is this whole, you know, this main foyer so bloody big for nothing, with nothing in it? I've made those houses plenty of times in the Sims, you know, in, in sort of practice. So it felt very much like that kind of house. And to have a horror game set in that sort of environment, it was like, yeah, that works for me. But, you know, it's very... It, wor- it worked perfectly, yeah. though, because Anthology of Fear was tight corridors and mm. small rooms, and there wasn't a lot of... um there wasn't a lot of uh, dead space where something could jump out of you. You could walk down a corridor and there's a there's a closet, mm. something can potentially jump out of me. Suffer the night, 
I was really impressed by the level design because everything was yes. so big, so cavernous, and the lighting didn't work. Well, it didn't not 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 work. The lighting worked, but it was so limited that it left a lot of space mm. in the room you were in for you to go, oh crap! Like twenty feet away from me, there could be this specter all in black yeah. stood there, and I'm not going to see him until I. That's bump it. into him or until a flash of lightning illuminates the room and it was it was that i'm safe but i'm not safe constantly uh it the the, the, the paranoia through it uh was i think for me uh, i i like i enjoyed all the games uh we we picked um but i think this one for me had the the best um uh sense of yeah. pacing as well the house is great you're safe but there's slightly eerie and then it's inverted and it's very eerie and you're kind of looking for that safe place which is your bedroom and the bedroom no longer is safe as well and you're sort of being chased but not chased and and um i think again it moves you through the game really well there's minimal hand holding um it does punish you a little bit if you don't understand the audio uh clues yeah. that come up while you're playing the text game and you have to die you know maybe i'm just rubbish <laughs> games uh, but you, you, you probably right but you you know you die you know you learn by trying um learn by doing and it's sort of try 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 again um but i i i'll give this to them you know i probably died maybe seven eight times something like that um and i uh never i never got angry at dying i never turned the demo off i never walked away from it for 15 minutes um i i i just i just kept coming back and i was like right Okay, so I know I've got to go forward, go forward, go left, search, use item. What am I missing? Why am I? And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I really, <laughs> I really want to see what happens at yes. the end of that demo. Um, uh, come December, we don't have long to yeah, wait. Which I think is crazy thing, but yeah, it, it was fantastic at building everything up, like you say, and the. the it only filled me with dread realizing it was going like you the first time you got on the computer and you had that look behind you thing. I was like, oh God, it's going to be one of those, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. which is just because it's the stress of those situations of I have to look, I have to do this, I have to doing multitasking, you know, <laughs> it's never a fun thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, um, horrifying in its own way. So, yeah, but you know, that's no knock on the game. That's just you know, a personal fear <laughs> and that, that in that case it's doing its job very well so well i like too how you learn about that mechanic early on before you mm. even know of the threat or when even before the threat shows up so in the back of your mind you're already thinking like oh shit something's definitely going to sneak up on me at some point which <laughs> then makes exploring those you know largely dark spaces that much more uh kind of anxiety inducing i think also what i'm appreciative of is that again kind of like something i said when we were talking about anthology of fear is that a lot of these small first-person bite-sized experiences, generally, I feel like we get the flow of them before you know it almost even gets started. Yeah. Just because, again, that's the nature of stuff you see on Itchio is that sometimes it feels like it's following a format, like almost pre-described, uh, pre-prescribed. And with something like this, where you have this antagonist that's stalking you, that's playing this cat and mouse game, I genuinely didn't know what to expect and like what they would do. Are they going to come in the house right away? Are they going to keep breaking windows that I have to keep repairing? Are they going to be showing up in random places and then, you know, escaping just to fuck with me? And that, that unknowing nature, I really appreciate mm. And it made it that much more terrifying in a way that, you know, I'm uh, a sucker for these first person types of experiences. But at the same time, how many of them are, you know, actually really terrifying? 
I would say it's probably 50, 50. And, you know, so far the two that Chris picked, uh, that we've discussed definitely, uh, scared me in a way that I can't say a great deal of the first person ones, uh, always have, but yeah, suffer the night again, another one that, uh, we will be getting our hands on sooner rather than mm. later. Delighted to hear I scared you. <laughs> <laughs> it is a rarity. It is a rarity o- outside of, you know, the everyday world and, and such, but <laughs> But yeah, good good luck to uh, good luck to Tainted Pact. Um, yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that one. You uh, introduce your next pick for us. Yeah, so uh, third up is uh, Sanri, um, which I'll be honest is uh, is is probably the one I enjoyed the least. Um, the uh, visually, it's very very strong. Um, there's a good atmosphere. Uh, the sound design is is really strong, and I like what they have aims to accomplish. I like the mechanics that they've got in there. Um, but for me, of the again, I really like the games where they're first person puzzle, minimal hand holding. But they've for me, Sanri is one of those games where it 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 crosses a line between not holding your hand but also not having any real contextual signposting. So I found myself really struggling with this, um, to be honest. Um, the trailer was brilliant and the screenshots on the, on, on itch um, uh, and, and seem really silly. You look at it and you go, Oh wow. You know, that's, that's going to be quite, uh, quite meaty. There's, there's, there's a, a, a quite a decent sized game or demo here to, to play. And um, the first time for whatever reason, there was some sort of glitch. I couldn't walk into the, uh, the tent so i couldn't pick up the flashlight so i thought okay well, i i can't walk into the tent right that's that's fine whatever um i just walk around in the dark for a bit and i was like no this i've got to be doing something wrong i had to go to youtube for this one and basically watch some people play bits and, and then reloaded the game and realized it was it, i couldn't get into the the tent and the second time i loaded it i was able to walk through the flaps and, and get in um but but really what i was trying to do the whole way through is just trigger the next thing to happen i was trying to get stuff to to work and um i i'll be be honest i i I really wanted this to work i wanted it to work more than it did work um and i think by the time that the full game comes out whenever that uh when whenever that is um i think it it there there's something there The, the camera mechanics are interesting um you kind of wander around and and use this polaroid which i i think can sort of look back in time and, and see past events and you're trying to piece together what has has happened to you and where your partner's gone uh the monster design is 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 kind of gruesome um but again i i kind of went into it expecting uh uh expecting a bit more than 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 what i got out based on the the materials that they're, they're on the website and i think um you know, I, I struggled with this one, to be honest. Um, I, I, I did end up wandering a lot. I did end up reloading a few times. I did end up having to, to check out YouTube, uh, to, to see where to progress to, okay. So there's a, there's a barrier there, but you have to stand at that exact point three inches further over to the left to, to trigger the, 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 the thing that progresses the, uh, the, the next moment. And, um, I, you know, I think it's, it's the learnings. I'm, I'm sure that they've probably taken, the feedback from the community and have, have understood and understood. And this is a very, very small, very small snippet um, of probably a, a much larger game. Um, you know, hats off to them for making something that's, that is at points quite tense. Um, but I think there's, there's a, a lot to be done in terms of the, um, the, the player's interaction with the world and how they progress without 
uh, end up getting a bit lost and a little bit frustrated, as I think I did. <laughs> um, yeah, the thing is, it's uh, it starts on such a good foot as well because the forest and the way it looks is really gloomy in the nicest way, and it's like, and mm. straight on, oh, I like, oh, really want to go around this forest. It just has this glow to it, in it where you can sort of see the moonlight poking through the trees and illuminating areas and going closer to them sort of doesn't really work with that but you know it, it's really enticing straight away but it does just soon become this trudging thing where you're not really quite sure what's going on what you're supposed to actually be doing and you know we play so many things like this where it's like you know a proof of concept a demo or whatever and you can always caveat that and say oh you know well it's understandable if this isn't right or that isn't right because you know it's just a slice of what they want to do it's ambition and you should always applaud ambition but this did particularly feel undercooked you know which I, I don't like to say that generally but it really does feel like you know it's like let's get the atmosphere out of the way and then get the big showboat bits in there but not really tie them together enough to sort of make a demo that is going to convince people that it's worth playing your game which i think is key you know, if, you, if you're going to put a demo out there, you want something that's a strong idea of what your game is going to be. Whether it, now, if you don't want to put out the game as it is, you know, a slice of that because it isn't quite ready, then the next best thing is to do maybe like some sort of teaser for it that's not really based on the game you're going to give, and it sort of gives you an idea but doesn't feature anything that's actually in the game but bar the ideas. So, yeah, it. This is where you can't really caveat it as much, isn't it? Because if you're putting a demo out, you're, you're saying, well, this is what we're going for. Fine. We get that. And I think at least all your core ideas and connective tissue should be there. You know, the things that shouldn't be quite finished, you can say, oh, well, that needs a bit of a touch up here or it's a bit glitchy there. But they seem like major things to sort of fix at this point, you know, and that's not the best way to sell it. That's the way I see it. Mm. I got I got the feeling that of the YouTubers who had played the game and that the developer had amplified those those demos, um, and this is this is a gut feeling. Um, very few of them were um, the the people who were most successful. I feel like the ones who had gone through, stumbled around for half an hour, gotten lost, eventually done it, and then replayed it for yeah. the you know because the people who were going through it were racing through it with no difficulties they seem to know where they're going i i empathize more a lot with some of the smaller youtubers and the people who post their own video their, their raw footage of them playing it where they're wandering around for like 40 <laughs> minutes going what yeah what um don't get me wrong it, it, it's 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 not a dig right there are there are ways to guide a player and there are ways to mm. hold a, a, a a gamer's hand um and and to to introduce them to two bits um i think just things like again some of the some of the contextual stuff is a little too specific to the exact location you're standing in and there could be uh, other elements to to draw you in and, and to, to help guide you through the forest with like sound design and stuff um as as uh, um uh certainly as anthology of fear did at, at points when it was helping guide you through um but i think the the idea of as neil said the, the woods brilliant look terrifying um and i i did enjoy being in there once i knew where i was going <laughs> I was glad to hear that uh, I wasn't the only one that struggled because I was going to blame my uh, not being able to maneuver on the fact I smoked before I played this one. But it was the type of thing where, yeah, you know, I can't tell you a single landmark 
in this other than when you come to that one corner that has like a bunch of metal or wood that's blocking your yeah. way and there's like a jump scare associated with that. My thing is I don't need to have my hand held to show me where to go. But as you know, Chris said, there needs to be context clues within the environment that make it easily identifiable of, you know, at least giving you a geography ideal of what this area looks like. Right. I think that a lot of it was just kind of running around in circles, you know, granted, of course, the darkness is, and you have a, a flashlight, but it is the type of thing where it was still difficult to get a bearing on like where exactly I was supposed to be going. Mm. And I ended up just running around mm. in circles for like 10 minutes, probably. Um, granted, again, that might have been uh, my bad in prep for playing this, but it was the type of thing that the one jump scare that was there got me pretty good. Um, but at the same time, the first time I sat down to play this, I just walked out of the tent and then didn't even pick, realize there was a flashlight and a photo there. Granted, when I kind of, you know, restarted, got my bearings and found those things. At the same time, though, I was just as lost after having those. And granted, I could connect the dots between the photograph that you find and a other landmark. But, you know, there's only really two landmarks that I could say for certain actually, you know, really gave me a sense of what direction I was heading in. And then the rest of it was kind of just, again, this this. I don't want to say generic, but just running through the forest and not really having a sense of like, oh, okay, did I, am I going in the right direction? Am I, you know, just retracing my steps? And I think that was probably the most disappointing part of the thing for me. And again, talking about the fact that it's a demo, it's like, right, we can kind of look past certain little things if it was overly glitchy or something like that. But when it's just navigating the environment, at this stage, it kind of gives me a little more pause, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as Chris said, the creature design is fittingly grotesque, which I think it, they need to get credit for because so many times yeah. I play games like this and it's, sure, something's been chasing you, but once you get up and, you know, close and personal with it, it just yeah. kind of looks like a, a worse version of what those enemies in um, uh, The Dark Descent looked like. Yeah. You know, it kind of just looks like a bag monster or something yeah. like that. And with this, it was properly terrifying or properly creepy and uh like i said one of those jump scares definitely got me but yeah this one could have been um i don't know it needed a little bit more to stand out i think and you know to play devil's advocate here slightly i think it's not just this game that has a problem with this with demos i think even, even up to the biggest games i've played so many demos of games where i've hated them and really thought well this doesn't really tell me anything it doesn't feel right and i played the game later and be like oh no okay this works you know i i think we discussed it before with signalis where i said you know the demo was a bit off for me because they didn't quite put it in the right context and things they they put enemies a lot at the forefront of that demo that weren't actually in the main game so it didn't have that pacing that really worked for the game and so as the demo didn't really you know, light my senses on fire but you know, to play the game you're like well great I'm, I'm glad i played the game but you know that demo can be very dangerous and i wonder if there's context missing here in terms of where the demo is taking place is it really at the beginning is there something we're missing is there something else that's got to go in that they don't want to have yet because it would just spoil something going into it so it's tricky especially when you're leading with anything like this starts to become more complex in terms of your, you know, investigating the environment, you you can't have everything there because you know that's more of a pain in the ass if you're trying to block off certain things, you know, and keep them away. So you know, when I was saying earlier about you know, sometimes it's better to do something that feels separate as a sort of a 
vertical slice-ish type thing that isn't really the game you're going to get but gives you a good idea of it that can be better just because at least then people know what to expect and have the context of that and will still get a nice surprise of the actual game when they get to it but this it can it can it can be difficult with the the as someone who reviews uh prototypes yeah. and beaters and and vertical slices uh depending on the size of the team and the production uh that they can afford mm. and stuff it, you know it's it's hard I, I think for me the the quickest and easiest fix for this is as soon as you get near to one of the areas the bridge the waterfall whatever the control should hand over to the game which brings you into a cinematic similar to the very yeah. end so as you kind of go to the sport as you go to the end you lose control of of, of the game and it kind of takes you yeah. you through whereas the during the game you're asked to stand in very specific points and be in very small areas to then trigger the next motion which then sends you off in a new area I, I think there's ways to streamline this and i don't know if it's because this is um this is this is part of the larger development that they've just kind of cut out a slice and and they they don't really have the, the the time and the capacity to create something entirely bespoke or or you know my my feeling for this is this is uh, a, a publisher pitch this is the 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 early crowdfunding uh, or sort of audience building uh pitch that they hope gets them uh the attention of 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 scouts and 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 bds um and it's there's there's you know there's there's every chance that it could because visually uh and in terms of the atmosphere it's good and i think with some with a little bit of um hand-holding guidance i think it the, this demo can be tightened up um i think if you tighten it up any more though it 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 gets really short yes. like this was this was this was a short demo as it is and i think if you if you cut it down to to make it um uh not hand-holding but it, you know a little bit more accessible Guided, yeah uh, and a, a, yeah a little bit a little bit more guided then i think it it it, it sort of halves in length right and and suddenly you people are left going christ that that was short am i gonna pay for this it was so short am i how much game am i gonna get for however much this costs yeah. um so it's a it's a but it's a it's a thing i see every day right it's a, it's a fine line to walk between how much time do you put into your build your demo builds versus your main game how much do you mm. then how much does it build your audience how much do you sell it for later it's a million and one this things to go it. to, a, to build your game. i think that's why you have to then determine what part of your game do you really want to sell the most? You know, it, and you know, if it's the gameplay, you've really got to get your gameplay loop in there and make that the, the important thing. But in a horror game, as is often the case with these demos, you're going to have to get the atmosphere in there. And I think, you know, initially that's there, but there's like a gap between that and what they actually want to show that really doesn't help them. And it's like, it feels like, you know, here's two pieces of bread, that are really you know, they're really fancy bread and it's tasty on its own but you know we couldn't think of anything for the filling so it's about you know it's a stick of butter yeah and that's it you've got to get through the stick of butter to get to the next piece of nice bread maybe that's it but it just it doesn't really have it the fit the filling for me could have been could have been yeah. that camera that camera mechanic yeah. is cool yeah um, and if if it had been less time wandering around the forest a little bit lost and more time getting the camera with more than five mm. polaroids in it um uh then then i i i think if i'd have the time i spent wandering around the forest i probably would have put that time in again wandering around the forest taking pictures of the environment hoping to trigger cool photos and add to the album right but maybe it's a, a bigger part of the game i i, I just wish it had been a bigger part yeah. of the demo because that would have inspired me to wander around and probably reload up the demo yeah. afterwards and go back oh cool i can take 60 photos whatever 
or I can go back to my, I can take five, go back to my camera, my, my bag in my, my tent, pick yeah. up another roller camera, go out and, and, and take more. Right. That would have, that would have interested me more. Um, than I think I've, I've played it. I don't feel the need to go back and try it again. Um, you know, I, I would go back to our fourth and final game. Uh, I would probably go back to suffer the night. Um, there, there are, there are, there are demos I would, I would, want to go yeah. back to uh i just struggled to kind of bring myself to find a reason yeah. to go back to i this, think yeah i think that there's so many ways that they can go right or wrong for you i think as well you know sometimes if your demo is good it's because you front-loaded everything anyway and you want all you you, know, you want to build the atmosphere you've got all the drip feed stuff and then you know the, the the back half of it is very much like yeah we've seen all this stuff before this isn't really the stuff i'm really invested in but the key thing that's been done is you've had the work put in at the front end where, you know, it's like, here's the atmosphere. Here's the slow build to what you're actually going to do. Sure. It might be the thing we've seen a million times, but it doesn't matter because in, as we all know in horror, it's like, it doesn't matter that, you know, Oh, it's the same final go trope at the end of this or blah, blah, blah. It's how you get there and how you differentiate it from what you've seen before that makes it fun. So at the end, you don't really care that it's the same as something else. You know, you, you just look at Terrifier 2, you know, recently. Yeah. It's like, it's at its core, it's a slasher film, Final Girl, blah, 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 sort of stuff. But it's the stuff it doesn't, you know, build up to it that makes it ridiculous and silly and over the top gory that is so, so different, you know, and ballsy, you know, to make a, what, two and a half hour fucking slasher film and make it not feel like two and a half hours for most of that is, you know, respectable. You know, and I think, as long as you do that good build, you, you can pretty much have fair grace to do what you want. But if you don't come out the gates right, that's where you're going to suffer because you don't want to be the indie equivalent of this gets good after 30 hours. You know, it, it's, it just does not work for an indie game. Indie games are going to have a few hours of time. You don't want to feel like you're wasting it in that first 30 minutes at all. And that's not. Any fault of what indie developers are doing is just if you are hoping to get any kind of audience, you need to sort of grab people in a bit earlier than, you know, wandering around lost in a forest. Because I've done that in plenty of games that are enjoyable for their own reasons beyond that. So, yeah, it's hopefully just a bad demo of something that's very promising because there are signs there. Yeah, a limited, not not a bad demo, a limited yeah, I mean, demo, I think. I don't, a, yeah. a, a, I, mean, I don't mean yeah. bad as in it's like a bad game. I just mean like it, it's a bad representation of what the game could be. You know, it's it's yeah. not representing its game the best possible way. I think that's more true than anything. I think that it's not that this is mm. a slapdash job. I think it's just there's not enough going on in the beginning to represent what the game will be. And mm. so you have to find a way around that and present the game in a way that is appealing without giving too much away early. I think if this was far more concise of a demo than it was, it would have left a better impression because granted the amount of time we've spent yeah. talking about it, we probably wouldn't have if it yeah. was just a bad demo, right? I think just the yeah. length of conversation we're having is an indication that we saw some promise in this. There are elements that we like. It's just that it's not the best representation of what this could truly be, which is, you know, sometimes in our, you know, everybody's busy with time and, you know, time constraints and things and what they're able to uh, fit into a week of playing in terms of games. But this is definitely one of those demos that I saw things in it that I found to be promising, not the best representation of them, 
But at the same time, I still am eager to check this out when you get that final, you know, final game, no matter how long it is. It's the type of thing I want to see how their vision really does, you know, come to fruition in terms of having more time. Because there are some games, you know, that don't uh, don't demo the best or whether that be, you know, trying to cram too much into a demo or, you know, again, not keeping the player on the rails long enough for that short amount of Mm. time. I feel like if this had been far more handholdy, probably would have had a better indication of, you know, what this will actually look like because it would be a little more streamlined, which if anything, if I had gotten my hands on the final game and it had been this kind of, um, I guess, not as handholdy as we would have liked for the demo to be, it's the same thing though where I'm like, well, I'm in this world now. I can go at it at my own pace. I can come back to it. And I know that there's an experience that goes on for more than whatever it is, 20 <laughs> minutes or something. Um, well, you know, maybe it's five minutes and it's 15 extra because I was wandering around lost. But I definitely think that this is one that I would still check out later down the line when it comes out. Um, it's just that for people that are on the fence with, you know, am I going to dedicate this amount of time mm-hmm. to this, you know, kind of just game they stumbled upon on Itch.io or whatever? Um, the demo might not have been doing the devs uh, any favors, unfortunately. But, you know. That is the way that uh, Horror Bites go sometimes. You find stuff that looks promising, even if, you know, you're not dying to play it, you still want to kind of follow up on it uh, in the near future, hopefully. Yeah, give me the game that I saw in the trailer. Give yeah. me the game I saw in your screenshots, right? There's a there's a world there. There's 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 a lot there. It looks terrifying. Um, I would love to know when it, it's coming out. It just says soon. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I... When it when it when it progresses and there's more of it, whether it's a second demo or, or the full game, I I will happily play it. Like I I, I want to see more. Um, I just yeah, it could have it, it could have done with a, a, a different approach to to the demo. But you know, good luck to them. I, I want to see how that progresses. I think there's tons of potential. Absolutely. But before we dive into your final pick for the month, and you described it as being your favorite of the four that you oh, brought yes. to us today, uh, we're going to take a quick ad break. But when we come back, we will be diving into that one. And we are back from our ad break. And Chris, why don't you debut your pick of the month for us? Uh, I I am going to start this off by saying, uh, Mike Klubnika, um, you you clever man, or you're very good at what you do. Um, so uh, my my fourth and final pick uh, this month was the other side. So it's from a developer called Mike Klubnika. This is his, um, I think. He's done nine other games on on itch. Um, I'll admit I I hadn't played any of his stuff. Um, I had heard of the other side. Um, I think it was maybe Rock Paper Shotgun or PC Games. Then I can't I can't remember. One of the larger uh, PC game outlets. I remember a while back um, put up an article about this this wonderful short um, stressful game uh, called The Other Side. And I remember reading this article, going, Oh man, you know I should I'll bookmark this 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 page and I'll, I'll come to this next time i'm on the hunt for a handful of of good uh upcoming indie horror games um i will definitely remember i, I definitely won't forget to play this and i <laughs> forgot to play this um but i'm so glad i got invited on here because uh i i, I was scrolling through it i was having a look at everything and i saw the name and it immediately came flooding back to me uh first one i downloaded first one i i played uh i i messaged you guys immediately said wonderful things about it um without spoiling it uh trying to spoil it because i think it's a it's a game everyone should go into completely cold um but there's there's not a lot of explanation for the story it tells you who you are where you are what you're doing incredibly quickly um it gives you a series of of tools and and interactable uh objects and and kind of says right go off and do it 
and you're like okay cool like i i understand i'm going to i've got to i've got to press this button i've got to turn this lever i've I've got to press this button again and stuff and you're like this is this is easy and you think okay cool like what's really the point what am i doing and it immediately goes at the flick of a switch from gentle tutorial to uh panic attack inducing stress <laughs> and it does it very very cleverly right yeah. none of the mechanics for anyone who, who who wants to play this please go play it none of the mechanics change nothing changes apart from the music and the lighting and it just it puts this mountain of stress on you at the flick of a switch and it, it's so clever uh, and it's so tense and um i i failed a couple of times i think i got it on about maybe my third or fourth attempt I, I i finished and i got through and i i saw the end uh which uh, a huge smile on my face huge smile i was like does this that will this stick the landing it's a very short experience it's very stressful will it stick the landing and uh it was it was uh wonderfully weird um so hats off uh to the dev um but i i i i, I could not get enough of it and it makes me want to go back and play the rest of uh his catalog mm. uh all over itch uh, which I which I 100% will do right, and it's um it's very much the kind of thing that I think would end up being uh you know would make a great addition to say a, a Dread XP collection or something, you know one of these short indie horror games that with some curation uh is 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 much bigger um than or, or kind of gets the, the the very broad recognition it, it it so very much deserves um I yeah again if anyone is not um uh clued into this it this is this is my favorite thing i played all month um i i have had a blast playing this and i finished it and i went back and i did it again which is always a good sign <laughs> yes i would say that the way that this game is paced is not only indicative of somebody that has clearly made not only a handful of games previously but you know it sounds like almost 10 games but like the pacing is brilliant i think because as you mm. said very clearly it quickly puts you into the world you're given just enough that it's an intriguing one at that. And then you go right into, you know, teaching the core basic gameplay mechanics. And I would describe it as early on, you know, we, Neil and I have covered quite a number of uh, games for Horror Bites that we talk about, you know, weaponizing the mundane and making it terrifying. What's more mundane than just going through? And I don't mean this in the sense of like, it's boring, but it's going through what is very clearly a tutorial. And you're going through, it's, you know, at your own pace, you're told what to do, you go around, you mess around, maybe you need to familiarize yourself with this component, that component. And, you know, we're being very vague because going into this blind with little knowledge of anything is the best way to do it. But, you know, I, hopefully we will in, uh, entice people to dive into it anyways. But the way that the game introduces mechanics, the way that it gives you free reign to familiarize yourself with all of them, and then it adds the slightest of constraints, or maybe it adds, you know, the it ratchets things up in a way that's very subtle at first, like Chris said, it, the music changes, the lighting changes, and then there's that time constraint, which then immediately just sends me into like anxiety <laughs> mode, which takes what I viewed and described as being, you know, these mundane sort of mechanics. And then it, it really does focus on the precision of everything and the order in which you do things. And it takes all of these little things and it makes it into a puzzle game almost when you add that time constraint um, in a way that is really wonderful to see how this very uh, restrictive you know, isolated storytelling within this one environment and just seeing how that ratchets up the intensity without having a lot of in-your-face moments or some of these things that we find uh, very accustomed to these bite-sized slices of horror. 
Um, as Chris said, the ending is fantastic. It will put a smile on uh, anyone's face that's a fan of horror games, which if you're listening to this, of course you are. Um, and I think that this was wonderful. Yeah. And it's the type of thing where I barely succeeded the first time, but then I immediately went back to do it a second time just to see if the time constraint was as, you know, tooth and nail as it does, uh, as I assumed it was, and then immediately failed the second time I tried to do it. And so I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I really, uh, really finished that one by the skin of my teeth, which if anything made me uh, feel accomplished in a way that I don't normally do with games that, uh, you know, push you to finish within a short amount of time. But at the same time, I think it shows that the tutorial aspect of those opening minutes is really as concise as you would want a tutorial to be. There's no fat on it. You are given exactly what you're supposed to do. You should be able to master in that period of time. And really that time constraint in the second half is going to be the, uh, the test for that, whether or not you mastered them quite as well as, uh, as you should have. Neil, what did uh, yeah. you think of the other side? Well, you know, it, it's funny, you know, I think we obviously, you know, the games we end up covering over here anyway, you know, we're searching through a whole bunch of stuff every month. It's think of stuff and find stuff, you know, I do that for this, obviously for the horror bites, Twitter, you know, I try to find stuff and, you know, and plan that out. And like for dread XP articles and, the great thing about this is it's come up, uh, this developer has come up to me in, in uh, finding stuff several times and you know, I've been, oh, that looks interesting. I'll check that out. Oh, oh, that is not realizing it's the same developer every time. And yeah, I mean, ironically, you know, I played this game and then realized that something about this seems familiar name wise. And I was like, oh, yeah. I've got a post going up next week for the Horrorbytes um, Twitter for one of his games, which is Remember, which had kept coming up, you know, in my feed, you know, lots of times, which is basically using like a, a video camera to escape from this entity and sort of using stuff around you to sort of get around from it. And I found it really interesting and as a concept anyway. I was like, well, I'll, I'll bookmark that. I'll play that at some point. And, you know, played it this week, ironically, just before this. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. That's a cool concept. But then this, you know, this is um, so confident. You know, it's just everything about it makes perfect sense in what it's doing. Um, it's got such a nice, succinct intro sort of explaining enough while still leaving mystery on the table about what the fuck is this world beyond this room. You know, like that. It's like, it gives you the context of why you're trying to escape. That's fine. Great. Um and then you get that methodical busy work, at, which is, you know, an effective patience tester. And as you were saying, does it seem like when you get that time limit that you're just, is it enough? Is it not enough? And it's like, I think it's the case of, yeah, you, you look at everything you've been given beforehand and you're getting to do it on your own terms. You know, you, you don't have that time limit. And you're like, oh, that's fine. But then it throws it at you in a way that is with the time limit and the, the random nature of what is going to happen next in terms of what's going to fuck up. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. So suddenly, things that, sure, you know, like in real life, you know, you can know things and you get put into a high-pressure situation and suddenly it just pops out your head like that and you're like, what did I have to do for that? Uh, And you spent those few seconds you spend processing that information, you know, are vital. You know, it's like, and you don't think about it in normal life because in normal life you can just sort of, you can have a little merry days about things and say, oh, yeah, what did I do about this? Oh, yeah, I did it, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, in those moments, you're like, 
I need to think about this really quickly. And it's playing in your head whilst you're trying to think about what you should do next. And so the two things clash and you, you forget suddenly. Like, like um, towards the end of that sort of second run you do on that time limit, the st- most stressful thing was in that final run was doing things in the wrong order. And so I'm realizing, oh shit, I should have been charging the battery before I did this bit. But for some reason, I didn't really look at that because I was too focused on what else I was doing. And yeah, it just really hits you there. And then you're like, oh my God, you know, that, and that's it. It's just catching you off guard and trying to push you off your game, and which is great. That's the way it should be. And I really like the tactile nature of it in the terms of like, you know, everything's got to be done so methodically and you, you know, it's like put this in there to take that thing out, blah, blah, blah. And it, it really adds a nice rhythm to things. And it makes that finale so intense, you know, like really stressful stuff. And it is proper horror in that sense because you don't know what that thing that's going to come to get you is. You know, you don't get that. And, but you have this, that just enough context from what the story has told you that, you know, if you don't get out here, you ain't getting out and you're probably not going to be existing beyond this point. So it's puts the stakes on the table in a way that is just enough to make you feel the pressure of the situation and gives you enough time to sort of learn the ropes and then just says, yeah, but now you're going to do it in hard mode effectively. And I love that about it. I really did because that's the perfect pacing you want for something that is about 20 minutes. You know, you want to be, here's what you do given in a way that's very easy to understand. And then straight into it. It's like, even with that warning, it gives you a saying, look, the alarms are going to go off if you do it this time. Yeah. And that, that, where it doesn't tell you, of course, is that, you know, things are going to go f- get fucked up in different ways, different combinations than you were got in that first run. And yet, and it's always your yeah. fault as well, which, which I yes. thought was brilliant. So you, you can, it, even if the game had told you press buttons, A, B, C, D, E, and you go, okay, cool. I can, I can press five buttons. Yeah. I can, what are you talking about? The sound design and the story that it sets up, it says press A, B, C, D, E and do it really quickly and yeah. do it perfect. And yeah. if you don't do it, then it's your fault. And uh, every time I failed, I never thought no. that was cheap. Yeah. I always thought, damn it. I know, <laughs> I, I know how to do that. Why didn't I do that? I'm so stupid. Why did I try to put, why did I try to do the wrong thing yeah. in the wrong order? Um, and you, you kick yourself. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I got it wrong. I'm, a, I'm actually glad I, I, I failed a couple of times, uh, uh, two, three times and mm. kept going back because it, for me, it, it, it increased the pressure. Um, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this and who has already played the other side is sitting there at home going, Oh, you fool. I got through <laughs> it the first time and it was easy. Right. I got stressed out. Mm. I, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I was, I was like, oh my god, I'm going to succumb to the pressure. This is, this is, this is terrible. Uh, I have to hand in my, my uh, games industry badge <laughs> and gun. I have to hand over my credentials, right? Um, but it's, it's very clever. And the, the dev has, he, he puts up front uh, 15 to 18 minutes of gameplay. There's no fat right. on it. It's very clever. Um, it made me immediately go to his page on itch, uh, which is full of games. Uh, and I looked at them and, and things like carbon steel looks like it's set in that same could, could be set yes. in that same world uh, as the other side control room alpha. Uh, you mentioned remember, which is all about uh, the, the sort of video camera stuff that there, there's, he's got another one uh, called unsorted VHS. He kind of seems to like he's, he's got these little worlds, which, which will have these 
common touch points and um i'm i'm going to be playing the rest of his stuff because uh it was it was wonderful yeah one thing that neil said a moment ago um, about the tactile nature of the game this reminded me of old school frictional game design mm-hmm. with something like penumbra where it sticks you in this space that is not immediately apparent why this is like an ominous area or a creepy place but the way in which they you know have set dressing and then just the fact that you know the mechanics are you almost have to you know get your hands dirty if you will where you have to literally interact with everything in a way to you know get it to uh, function as the machine should um, I really appreciated that but also kind of like what Chris had said about um, no, it's, uh, suffer the night right where even if you die a couple of times the way that that game teaches you the mechanics and the way that the mechanics are introduced, mm-hmm it's not the type of thing that I bounce off of from frustration. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll take a break, but I'm going to come back because majority of the time it's my fault that I died or it was something that about that intro that I didn't pay attention to as much as I should have. And I had to learn through that failure. But if anything, it empowers me to go back, especially when you have that time limit, right? Granted, I'm the best gamer out of all of us because I got in the first try, (laughs) humble brag. Um, But more importantly, it's the type of thing that when I went back the second time and I failed, it made me appreciative of the fact that, again, this was my bad. I'm always appreciative of games that it's like turns the camera on you basically and says like, well, I showed you what you're supposed to do. You had to press A, B, C, D, E. Why are you the one that screwed that up? And so it kind of makes me reassess my approach to things and being even more hyper aware, vigilant about what I'm supposed to interact with. Um, And I think, again, it's a simple little thing, but it's done so exceptionally well that it does serve as you know, another, yet another, and I, now I have to go and check out the rest of his uh, Ichio collection. It is the type of thing that's indicative of somebody that not only has clearly played a lot of games, but somebody that understands fundamentally how you should be crafting these experiences mm-hmm. and really does, as Chris said, this is something that has zero fat on it, right? And I think, as I've said, exceptional, but exceptional in the sense that it knows its time limit and then it does the most with that um, and, you know, delivers... Uh, a hell of an ending, I'll say, without delving. Yeah, much more I mean that that. that is best left to be a surprise. I think, yeah, that that is your reward yeah. for yeah. winning that game. Yeah, um, yeah. The thing I liken it to the most in terms of like a real life stress situation is like working behind a bar. Yeah, like where you've worked yeah. long enough that you know where everything is. Yeah, you know, like, okay, I get it, like that, and you can do it on the the lazy daytime mode, and it's fine. You know where things are. You don't have to worry about how quickly to rush to get things but the minute you're put into a high pressure version of that situation and one tiny thing isn't quite as you remember it it just throws everything out because you had this internal organization you know and i think that's what that game plays on really well is that you are given this idea of well i know what that is that is that is and that is and i know that but you're associating with the order that you were given it in that first attempt and so then when you're thrown into that new version of it where it's like this could go wrong and that could go wrong and that could go wrong and you're like oh shit it just bleeds seconds out of you by doing that and i think that's a really smart thing i think that's a condition a human condition problem where you can just know everything about an area around you and just because certain instances change it suddenly becomes alien to you in this one small way that can just drain you your time and cause panic and frustration then that is the perfect way to do it and it, that has to be really commended and it's a classic in gaming as well i'm um 
given the Halloween horror, I I, I picked up Halloween uh, Halloween. Uh, I, I picked up Resident Evil Three uh, on my Xbox mm. at last. I've been meaning to for a while, um, and it's it's a it's a, a classic part of Resident Evil, right? It's go to this room, pick up the gem, come back yeah. and put the gem in the the clock, and the clock will fall off, and you get the shotgun, right? But if you happen to go into the room which has a bunch of enemies and you don't have the gem, it, it will punish you, right? It's, it's, it's know the steps, know the process. And that's a much, much larger uh, version of it. But, you know, if you, if you come to an obstacle and the game has told you, here's an obstacle, get the puzzle, learn the puzzle, pass the puzzle. And if you don't, I'm going to punish you. Uh, the other side strips everything out and it just has that, here's the answer do it or yeah. else and it's very very simple uh but it, i i think that's what i like most about um me wrong i love large scale mass you know i could not be more excited for the calypso protocol um dead space um alan wake 2 um all all of these games I, I could not be more excited for the kind of the the um blockbuster period we're in for, for big large scale um yeah. horror games hats off to the publishers uh for for jumping back into that and, and giving us a, a real sort of uh, renaissance as it were um but i i love indie horror and always will love indie horror for being able to take a a, a mechanic and boil it down and and really put that get that that sort of sense of dread and terror and and, and, and horror across in a, in a very yeah. short way again i think it's why i i sort of bounced off uh sanary because for me there there are mechanics in there which could be quite special they aren't really explored at this stage. Suffer the Night did it brilliantly. Um, Anthology of, of Fear um, did it well in, in, in some respects as well. So um, that's, that's for me, that's why the other side is the, the best of, of, of the four. Um, all, all four good picks. Um, but this, this is for me is why I'm sort of crowning it my, my pick of the, the yes, episode. And understandably so. And I think something that I always think, I always think of, and I was saying this this week about things like, um, you know, when you get that next tier of indie games that have got a publisher, have got to sort of realize their small ideas into something bigger, you know, it all comes from places like Itchio where everyone sort of like as a collective without even realizing it, um, takes an idea, pulls it in about 600 different ways. And then somehow, you know, someone else will then learn from those to sort of refine that idea and then they someone learns from that to refine it until you get to the point where someone pulls enough of these little ideas for you know sort of experimental little things and makes it into something whole and unique and it is like a microcosm of what ends up happening in the larger industry but it also then goes on to affect the larger industry you know and and that's been the case for the last 10 to 15 years really you know in terms of horror especially where indie developers have, have pretty much pushed whatever way horror has gone you know and in so many ways and has a much better understanding of what people are asking for with horror games you know it's like yes it's great we can get these you know big budget remakes of things like dead space and that but the other side of that coin is like you play even like resident evil 2 remake you know which i think is exceptional for what it is it's not the game I want. I, I will still say this, you know, I think I can respect it for what it is and what it does and love it on its own terms, but it will never be the experience I wanted out of, you know, because you know, Resident Evil 2 as it was, was that pure, 
driving force for me, you know, and you, it's not like you can't make that because I said this only recently with Signalis. That is a game that really shows you that if you give a smaller developer enough to sort of push through with their idea that you can get that classic feel in a modern sense without pandering, you know, and without trying to sort of have a vague idea of what you're supposed to be making. And I think it all stems from this, this sort of big soup that we have on Itchier of ideas that, yes, there are going to be bad ideas, there are going to be good ideas, and there are going to be things that show promise that never go anywhere. And there are going to be things like Sanry, where it's like, maybe don't present yourself as well as you could. But it all comes together to for someone else to learn from those experiences and keep pushing on. And you don't get that in the wider space because the wider space is about money and well, this is what people want because this is the thing that sells. Whereas here it is very much about creativity and you are allowed to be free to make these things that could be shit, could be great, could be nothing of any consequence. But here we are talking this long about just four games so far. You know, it's like, so there are, you know, two of which are demos. So, you know, free, I think it's free in fact, sorry. So, you know, it's crazy. But here we are talking about just small, small experiences at length. And it's so important in this industry that we have that. And I think it's going to be important for horror going forward that we don't just end up relying on those, you know, big budget remakes and we get to have something more unique, you know, and why it's great that we get stuff like the Cleaser Protocol because that's going to be, you know, the high end of what we're doing here. I think it's a, a big part of that as well is where we're looking. So we're looking at itch, which is uh, it, it, it's it's renowned for for being small and experimental, right? Because it's a platform, it's easy to put up. Uh, that it's when you go on Steam, there are hoops to jump to jump through. Um, there's a there's a there's a cut uh, which has to be taken, and understandably um, for the service. And you know the 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 way that itch works in terms uh, sorry Steam works in terms of its visibility and its discoverability means that devs are constantly trying to work out how to be one step ahead of the game by by gaming the the algorithm in terms of visibility and discoverability versus having the money to to buy front page placement and 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 uh, and sit on the carousel right there are very few limited options for organic visibility in steam's ecosphere and when you get it it's hard work and it's specific conditions um itch people go there looking for these small experiences and um i i praise the the platform for being what it is and i think it's as you rightly said it neil it's where um a lot of innovations and daring comes through because people aren't going to go there expecting to have to put down their quarterly game buy for 59.99 right they can go there they can spend two pounds three pounds ten pounds and uh, or dollars whatever uh and and they can get something that's that's really memorable uh or you know or maybe they can spend 50 60 pounds and but they can buy they can buy five or ten games and and come away with as much time um so i i think it's i think these pockets of the industry uh they they exist for a reason they are thriving for a reason um mainstream horror is as i said having a, a, a huge renaissance at the moment jordan peele his work is sort of putting horror very much smart horror uh elevated horror back in the mainstream which i love uh and i think for gaming as well 
the the industry's now gone and said okay you can have more than just resident evil or just more than five nights at freddy's right it doesn't have to either be enormous 100 million unit selling franchises or 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 these small indie viral successes that sell tens of millions of units right you can you can do other things and you can be other things and you can experiment and um i think all of the games that we've we've looked at today are are um they share a lot of similarities but they've all uh done their own thing and kind of been confident whether that's in the 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 way that they use the the environment whether the the mechanics they've got the the release method and stuff um i think everything we've we've looked at has 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 um has been uh exciting and and different and um you know i I, I really look forward to playing all of these the three of the the four games when they they launch and go big and you know I think the weirdest thing I would say about other side is um having played the full game uh, I wouldn't want to see it become a, a f- no, 12 hour I mean that, that, that is something experience, I don't right? want to see it become a 3 yeah, hour I mean game. It's, we we've seen <laughs> yeah, this so I'm, many times with the, yeah. the, these short experiences that are made to be 20 30 minutes long and they work as they are because that's what's in mind and I think it's important to have that. You, you can pitch to be a bigger game, by all means, but you should be able to work at that small stage. You know, and I think that's where this connects very much with the sort of indie, you know, indie film in horror as well, where, you know, make, you can make a short film, you can make a film out of that then beyond that, and that can sort of branch out. And I, I, to go back to Terrifier again. You know, that started as a you know, short film in an anthology like that became a character, got to, got funded to, you know, to be a film, then got funded by, crowdfunded for a sequel. And, you know, and it, look at it. It's like that. You, you look at Dread XP with something like the Mortuary Assistant, you know, a one developer game that is now doing really well, critically well received and got a movie adaptation lined up. That, that shows that you can go these steps with these things. And it's really, exciting to see and you yeah just like film there's going to be a lot of trash and there's going to be a lot of stuff that is like yeah i get it it's a joke ha ha blah blah but you will find diamonds in the rough and you're not risking as much to find it you know you you are maybe losing a quid or two here you know but you aren't really going to be suffering to the tune of 60 quid you know which is a regret that happens more and more often, I find, you know, with big games. So to have that it is as an option, especially in this space, is just really exciting. I think this is a genre that is really, really benefiting from having that space more than anything, because I think you can sell very basic ideas of what people want for audiences that are hardcore and casual and compel them to come to it far easier than you would with something that's more bespoke from an indie developer that was say, doing a serious drama or doing something that is very much uh, sexuality led, you know, which is unfortunate, but that is always going to be hard to sell for some audiences because we know what those audiences are <laughs> going to be like. Um, but here, you know, this is a place where you can sell those things under the cover of horror and get away with it a lot easier. And I think that's, and, and sell better for it, I think, and, and get a name for it yourself. So I'm, yeah, as ever, I think we do this every time we do Horror Bites, we end up going on this little spiel about how wonderful it is to have these spaces. But yes, it, to say for the hundredth time, yes, it's great to have places like Itchy. 
I love that we cover these small, you know, not to beat our own drum too much, but I love that we've been covering such small experiences that are not getting the same press that, of course, something like a big AAA title, such as like the Callisto Protocol would get. Um, But at the same time, I relate these small bite-sized experiences to the same way that I do horror films, right? Isn't that I could watch a two and two and a half hour, you know, big Hollywood blockbuster with my buddies, or I could squeeze in two, you know, smaller indie horror films in about that same time, right? Whether it's 90 minutes or a little less. And I'm always somebody that wants a shorter experience, but with that shorter time, it doesn't feel like a lesser of an experience. It shows experimentation. It shows branching off into a direction that perhaps something mainstream wouldn't, whether it's because there's, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, whatnot, whether or not it's a platform thing with like steam where it's like, well, yeah, some people just can't afford to go that route and have a cut taken out of that. So they go with something such as itchio where it's like a more manageable for them. And it also allows them to take more mm-hmm. risks, whether that's a price point thing or a, um, um, I don't want to say explicit content, but just, you know, c- content wise, uh, maybe it doesn't have the same sort of rating process. Right. Um, and I think that, it's just been really great to not only have the horror bite segment, but to have, of course, guests such as Chris come on that can put stuff onto our radar that, you know, there's a million and one games released every day. So to have somebody come in and, you know, put a couple things on our radar that we were unaware of. Um, and, you know, as he said, it ended up being um, a, the one that he recommended ended up being my pick of the month uh, as well. And uh, yeah, I think that that's kind of the beauty of the segment is that we get to sh- not only shine somewhat of a spotlight onto these uh games and experiences that get less coverage, but also it's just so refreshing to dive into something that might only be 20 minutes, but it's notable in a way that I can't say a lot of those bigger experiences tend to be memorable with me. Hmm. Um, and it'll stay with me. Those, those 20 minutes, they'll stay with me more than, I don't know, some uh, insert generic yeah. game I, I played <laughs> last month, right. That I can only remember 15 minutes of, um, you know, I, I think sometimes, uh, I think the store is close is probably of of the four that we've discussed so far. Uh, the the one with the most coverage, the most sort of awareness. Um, I love when that happens. Um, it it kind of went up and and has gone down quite quickly. It, it certainly hasn't done what say Choo Choo Charles has has achieved or um, the store is closed. Uh, never never underestimate the the power of a lawsuit. Um, <laughs> anyone who wants to court some controversy, right? Um, that game was. That that game was uh, always going to get a bit of awareness, but IKEA definitely um, has helped. Yes, uh, in much the way the same um, on a smaller scale. There was that um, Shrek-based game, which um, still, once that license was um, taken away, uh, yeah, still sat quite high on itch after that, you know, because it had that value in it with it. But um, I I did love that. (laughs) We went searching for that game again after seeing it, and I was like. Where is it? It's nowhere to be seen. It's like, and it was still there. It's just a very different name. It's like, shit, yeah. Um, but yeah, Shrek's like this weird underbelly of uh, horror games. So it's um, certainly something I want to write about at some point because it is hilarious how many games are like that. So. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the Teletubbies it's game. Good, yeah, we've we've had, we've had Thomas the Tank Engine uh, and 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 Shrek. Uh, make somebody go. Somebody go make a. a a Teletubbies yeah. game um, or you know I'm sure there probably is somewhere um, and try not to get sued for it and don't 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 sue me for yeah. suggesting the idea and there's always but, um, you want to you want to terrify a bunch of young 
uh, audiences who grew up with Teletubbies, maybe. Uh, there, yeah, there's we, you go. We've already got away with, with Chuck E. Cheese and um, Sesame Street, if you think about it, with stuff like Five Nights at Freddy's and My Friendly Neighbourhood. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, just find a legal way around it and you'll be fine. Everyone knows what you're alluding to. So it's, it's okay. I'm sure that there's a, a, a murderous Arthur game somewhere around the corner uh, <laughs> that's going to sneak up on us. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Chris, this was a, a pleasure to finally get to have you back. And again, not only to highlight uh, uh, four really terrific titles, but at the same time, just getting to pick your brain about the uh, indie game space, which is something that I wish we could do more often, but we're thankful uh, for your time all the same. No, no, no. I loved, I loved uh, coming back, um, and I still got uh, uh, three <laughs> dead, uh, dead rising uh, two. Uh, now. Yeah, I've uh, <laughs> so still got, still got two, 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 two cards left to play. So I'll save those for the next time you guys have me back on. Uh, it's, it's always lovely to, to, to chat about this stuff. Um, obviously, horror is a, a wonderful um, and, and probably my favorite, and I think the, the most daring, most intelligent yeah. genre uh, around. I think it's probably the most overlooked and uh, the most um uh underappreciated uh at, at many levels and you know i i've seen over the years in the industry um we are in a, a, a really good place we just uh we just need more uh developers of of all scale especially the smaller yeah. scale uh publishers to, to 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 be supporting these these more experimental things and i think i think stuff like dread xp collection does a, a fantastic job of it and uh, i think there, there are other good publishers who are, who are doing good work and will continue to to help keep shining a light on on stuff like this as well so it's a, a, anyone who's new to horror um it doesn't all have to be blood and guts and gore it, it, it can be psychological stuff a little bit more like maybe the other side um uh, so you know don't be afraid to to jump into itch and, and try stuff and 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 find uh something that might help bring you into the genre yeah. is what i would say well said thank you for listening to another episode of safe room if you enjoy the show please rate us on itunes and follow us on twitter at safe room pod for show updates you can also drop us an email over at safe room pod at gmail.com if you'd like to share your thoughts on a game we're going to cover thanks again for listening and we'll see you guys next monday